Hockey fans light the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code ICTPOD. Bet $5 on any NHL team that win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code ICTPOD. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See our show notes for details. You're as cold as ice. You're willing to sacrifice our love. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Ice Cold Takes podcast. I'm your host, Joey DiMeglio, and this week I'm joined by Matty Jack. If you follow him on Twitter, you'll know that he likes to post absurd trades like Shane Wright for two firsts and Ryan Carpenter. Today, we'll talk about the Ryan Reeves trade, the West Coast road trip, and talk a bit about the trade deadline. Matty, thanks for joining. How are you? Uh, I'm great. Thanks for having me on. Yep. Definitely appreciate it. It's great to be here. Yeah. Uh, you're... You're on the same podcast as uh, Kevin Weeks, so uh, it's got to feel <laughs> No something. big deal. Yeah, no big deal. <laughs> something um, light. Yeah. Um, but let me ask you, before we jump into, like, today's topics, uh, all those, like, absurd – I've followed you for a while, uh, and I saw I saw what you would uh, – I think Pangers put – the Pangers podcast put it out yesterday. Like, you have to sign Lafreniere or Kako to, like, a long-term extension – and only one of them, and then you'd have to trade the other one to, like, the Penguins or something like that. What was, like, your biggest, uh, like, the, the, the most absurd scenario you've ever come with, up with, in your opinion? I've had some terrible ones. Like, it, <laughs> it, it, it really depends, okay? I, it, uh, I, I've had ones where it's, like, uh, I, I think my worst one that I pissed a lot of people off uh, was you have to – you have to um, you're going to trade either Igor or Fox. Okay. One stays on the team for the, for the duration of their careers. The other one is, is on their least favorite team, similar to the New York Pangers uh, take there. But uh, those, that's where it started, at least in my mind to where I'm, I'm thinking about it. And, and this is how I, I, I get these. Uh, I start thinking about it. I'm like, I would hate if this were to happen and I'd be miserable the rest of my life. So I start <laughs> thinking about these things and I'm like, well, uh, if I if I have to think these terrible thoughts, then everybody else has to see them. So that's kind of how they they started, and they've gotten progressively worse. Oh, that's evil. That's evil. I did like the, I did like the the carpenter and two first round pick ones. That, that's that's pretty. That's crazy. I, Seattle would never would never do that, but it's but just so funny to think about. <laughs> but that's the funniest part. Like you see it right, and I know it. It. it the conversation doesn't start with two first rounds, okay, and Ryan Carpenter for Shane Wright. It just doesn't. But, like, you have people, and some of them are uh, wildly intelligent. They start talking about the prospects that you get uh, that, that are coming up for this, uh, for the upcoming prospect pool and how the prospect pool is very deep, et cetera. And those, I, I can understand it, even if we're going to be late in the, uh, in the picks this year with uh, the Dallas pick and, and our own for the first round. Um, but then you have some people that are like Shane Wright's a bust, and I'm like, the guy, <laughs> the guy just started. <laughs> Come on, like give the guy a break, and and the poll will will sit around fifty percent, and everybody's like, this is the worst thing ever. The Rangers would never do it, and I'm like, the Rangers would never do it. No one would ever do this. No one is touching <laughs> this. <laughs> it's like it's like calling Cole Caulfield a bust the second he touches the ice. Like is I see. I saw people say like, "Oh, Caulfield sucks. He sucks. He's in the AHL now." And now look at him. Like now he's great. You know, I've, I've seen, seen some interesting takes uh, on, on the Bird app. I will say that. I mean, <laughs> I like I, how you call it the Bird app. That's how I call it. Too. Yeah, it's it's funny to me because I mean, we're uh, our fan base is very very passionate. I think that's probably the best way to explain it. And. um like when I forgot which game it was, it was, uh, it might've been the, it, yeah, it was the LA game. Okay. Uh, and I started seeing takes like Fox is terrible. And I'm like, what are we, what are we, is this, a, are we, are we joking? Please tell me that we're joking. Okay. But like, we're very passionate fans. And as soon as, as soon as, uh, 
it starts to hit the fan a bit. We're uh, we're very eager to start calling. So yeah, I saw people talking about like Panarin. Oh, his six on five play, like at the end of the Anaheim game, we left a lot to be desired. Like, don't you realize that's just a bad game? It's just like, oh, he sucks. Panarin's awful, and we we're stuck with the rest of his contract. Like, are you kidding me? How could you say that? How could you say that? Like, honestly, the guy's like only gets multi point games through throughout his entire career. That's like the 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 highest value contract the Rangers have ever handed out. Like that's the, the most like the well worth it contract that they've ever handed out to a player. Like it's Artemi Panarin, like maybe Yager, maybe, but like Panarin has been worth every single penny. Like, I don't understand. It, It goes back to what we were saying before. Like when we started, before we started recording, we were saying like in the moment, you know, we're watching these games and we want to see the Rangers win the game. Right. So like the Anaheim game, very frustrating. They had all the chances. They completely dominated play. Obviously deserved to win, but they didn't come away with two points. They didn't even force overtime. But when you look at the grand scheme of things, the West Coast trip, out of a possible eight points, the Rangers got five. That's a pretty good road trip. Like, Panarin, yeah, he had, like, one or two bad games. But, like, this season, he's been great. Like, I think he's, I think he's looked good. Like, what are, we, what, are we, what are we doing here? Like, why are you complaining about Fox? Fox is... is, is has been like way better than he's been like last towards the end of last year. There, I, I know some people were calling him out at the end of last year, but you can't be calling out Fox and Panarin when you know we're not getting the depth scoring that we need. There's other people that you could point the finger at here. Why are you doing it to, to those guys? Yeah, it's it's definitely interesting. I, I it's number one, Fox is um. I believe Fox is back to his uh, Norris Trophy caliber. I do think yep. that that injury um, well, uh, during the postseason uh, did affect it. And it was it was driving in from regular season into postseason. Yeah. Um, but I, I do think that Fox is back to that caliber. Um, and I still think that Panarin is going – I think he cracks 100 this year. I really do believe that. Um, I do too. yeah. So it, it, it's funny because we want to place the blame on <clears throat> our top players because when things don't go our way – Right. We, we rely heavily, heavily on our, our top six. I, I, I think that goes without saying a lot of teams do that. Yes. But we expect so much from Panarin. And I, I, I've touched on this before where we with Fox and Panarin, we almost expect the world from them. And it's it's so unrealistic to where, like, you'll you'll have a game where Panarin has a few points and he'll whiff on a pass or something like that. And. Now Panarin is terrible because you expect so much more from him. Similarly to Fox, it, it, it just it's unrealistic, and you, you get frustrated with uh, with that West Coast uh, that West Coast trip. And I think a lot of it has to do with everybody staying up late, right? The yeah. game's it, ten o'clock, ten thirty, and 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 the first game that you kick it off with is is you go into overtime and, and you lose there. It, it's it's just not it's not ideal. Um, I think that there's a lot of um, there's a lot of passion that goes behind it and I understand it, but to your point, five points out of eight, that's, that's a win in my mind. It really is. They, it was a disappointing loss to Seattle. Let's face it. Yeah. And encouraging performances against San Jose and Los Angeles. Again, not getting the puck luck. The puck's not going in the way we, we think it should be. Rangers are very clearly dominating play in these games. Like the the ice is completely tilted to the other direction towards the opposition zone, and the puck is not going in. Capo Caco is very clearly snake bitten. Lafreniere, so and he, yeah, he's so close to to getting there. I swear, the conversation is going to change as soon as the 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 number in the G column goes up, like four, five, six, seven. Everyone's going to start saying, oh, he's great. He's so awesome. He's so awesome. He's awesome right now. He's good. You just don't realize it right yet, right now. He's, he's not getting the puck to go in. That's it. He's doing everything else except score. He's drawing penalties. He's, the, the entire line, the kit line, is maintaining possession in the offensive zone. Everybody was calling out Gallant for not using them during overtime. Like he, They had easily their worst game. And then... Yeah. There's like this conspiracy that Gallant hates the kids. It goes back to last year. He doesn't hate the kids. If he hated the kids, he would never use them. He would never use them. Why did he use them in Los Angeles? Why did he use them in San Jose? Why did why did they constantly get ice time 
and opportunities to 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 succeed. Like in Anaheim, I I tweeted this out. Kako took a, a pretty bad penalty. If that was David Quinn behind the bench, he wouldn't be seeing the ice until the next game. Maybe, That's, maybe, maybe okay. the next, maybe. Like, and I I think that the Rangers and people people fail to realize this a lot that the Rangers are in a very uh it, it's a great issue to have, but it's a precarious situation because you have these highly touted, uh, I won't even call them prospects anymore, but highly touted players, young players that entered the Rangers when they were finishing a rebuild and they were going in to a, a, a contention um, window, right? So you have to, you have to keep in mind, and I give uh, Gallant a lot of, um, a lot of grief. Okay. Because it, Everybody likes to blame somebody. You, have to, you, you don't want to blame the players. You got to blame the coach, okay? You don't want to blame the team, et cetera. But they, he's balancing out the idea of winning, okay, and, and also growing these kids, okay, to where it's a, it's a balancing act. You don't want to give them too much. You don't want to give them too little. And I think that it's missed on a lot of people that that's still occurring, you know? Mm-hmm. This, the way that Gallant is using the kids is how they should have been used their first few years in the league. Absolutely. Like, that those years under David Quinn, he was put in an impossible situation because he had win now players with like win later players. You know what I mean? Like yeah, like so it's like those years should just not count. Like they should just be thrown out the window. And it's almost like this is year one or two of Kako right. and Lafreniere's development, which is like asinine, honestly, because it's like they've been. It, it feels like they've been here forever and they're not getting anything done. But this is the way they they should have been playing. The, the, the way they should have been used from the get-go. Um, no, I absolutely agree with that. Right. And I'm tired. I am tired of goalies making their highlight reels, okay, off of Kako. I am tired of it, okay? It is ridiculous. Why does every single goalie turn into Dominic Hasek, okay, every single time that Kako touches the puck? It yeah. is dumb. We, we, thought, we all thought that the game against, I think it was L.A., right? They hit the post, that he hit the post. It was actually a deflection, and Peterson got his glove on it. That right. was an unbelievable save. How? How? How is it possible? Right. Like, the Rangers are not getting lucky, and, and that's it. They're doing – people are saying, like, oh, they're not a championship-caliber team or whatever. I'm like, are you watching these games, man? They're completely dominating them. Yeah. How much Absolutely. better do you need them to be? Like, they're doing everything except for score. It's – leaves a lot to be desired in terms of a block. I will walk back on my point. That's like a melted take. I wanted to lock in the offseason. I thought he'd be a good, good net minder to have. He's been bad. He's been bad. That's it. Yeah. I'll, I'll own up to it. He's, he's not been good. That goal against, against Anaheim should not have gone in. That cost them the game. If that doesn't yeah. go in, the Rangers get six of eight points at least. For sure, yeah, I absolutely agree with that, and I, I think that it, it was it was painful to watch in the third because I, I've said this before, okay, in the beginning of the season, but I feel like it's still it's still true. You know those dreams where you're trying to run somewhere, okay, and it keeps on pulling you back and you don't get anywhere. I felt that way again for the third period where they had so many opportunities. I'm like, oh, it's gonna happen. It's going to happen. It's it has to happen. And it just doesn't like there were so many great high danger scoring chances that just didn't come to fruition. And you could blame it on puck luck. You could blame it on the players. You could blame it on whatever you want. But those those were phenomenal plays. OK, and, and I, I don't believe in moral victories, but like this team is consistently stringing series of plays together to where it, we're getting close. And, and it, it shows in the underlying stats as well to where like our expected goals for OK, just. It, 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 there are numbers are so close. They just haven't transcended onto the sheet in and of itself. Yeah. It took me a long time to kind of wrap my head around that, that those analytics. And I'm still doing that now. Um, shout out to Drew way, my daily, uh, my weekly shout out to Drew way for helping me understand the analytics. Uh, but really it, it, it matters. Like you watch the games. Like I said, you watch the games, you see the puck is in there and, the Rangers dominating possession. They have all the chances, all the high danger chances. That means, you know, the expected goals like is going to be high, but the actual goals are not there yet. And this, the Rangers need it to be like where it's consistently three goals, four goals, three goals, three goals, four goals. They can't just have one game where they get eight goals, like the Nashville game. And then the next game, it just averages out to like three goals a game by, because they get no goals or one goal. 
You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like they, they scored eight against Detroit, sorry, and then the following game against Nashville. I think that's uh, I screwed something up there, but but you get what I mean. Like you can't just put them all in into one game. You have to spread it out, please. Absolutely. Like, once I saw that, I'm like, oh, sugar honey iced tea. <laughs> like that's that means we're only scoring like one or two goals the next game. It was a lock. You knew it was a lock. The boat, they, they, they emptied their tank. I, I would have taken half of those, okay, and would have loved to bring them over to the next game. It, it, it's tough. It really is. I, I just – I think back to, like, last year. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk back something that I said um, a while back. I used, like, last year we weren't analytically good. No one, no yeah, one was no. going to argue that. Our 5v5 numbers were abysmal, okay, and – I, I would always say, well, good teams find ways to win. Okay, bad teams find ways to lose. And now I don't feel that way anymore because we, we look so we look so close to being good, but we have we have lapses. Okay, in our games, right? We there there a period here and there where other teams capitalize on it. And I I don't necessarily know if it's good teams find ways to win, bad teams find ways to lose, or if it's just bad puck luck, etc. But it's it certainly. Um, it's not problematic yet, but if we continue this trend, um, it it will be, especially with the Metro tightening so mm-hmm. much this year. And I want people to understand, like when we say, like, okay, good teams, good teams find ways to win, bad teams find ways to lose, and we talk all all about this five v five stuff. Like, it may seem like crap to to the older viewer of of hockey, but to me, it's not. I want my team to be like Colorado. No, yeah. I want to dominate possession the entire game. That's what we want. That's we've built this squad. The, Chris Jury and Jeff Gordon have built this team to where it's at because they wanted to be like that. They wanted to just not be like Rangers of old, where they get a few good good uh, chances and it's lucky to go, and then you just ride the goaltending. They don't want that. I don't think Chris Jury wants that. And the moves he's made so far, I think have have spoken to what he wants. So he got rid of Ryan Reeves. And he's not some meathead old old coach, like old G- GM. Like, Chris Jury is smart. He's into the analytics. That that shows like, – that if he, if, he, if he did that, then, like, he could do anything. He could trade Lindgren. He, he could – like, fan favorites. Like, he, he's not shy about that. You know what I mean? Like, and we could talk about the Reeves trade now. He, Reeves get, Ryan Reeves got traded to the, to the Wild on um, – what was it? On Wednesday, right? For yep. fifth rounder. In yep. 2025. So he wasn't in the lineup. He was scratched seven of eight games and he had requested a trade. So jury honored that and sent them to Minnesota where, where uh, Bill Guerin is the GM. And I guess he's, he's got a pretty good reason. Guerin had go back. So that's good for Reeves. I loved him. The personality was, was infectious in the locker room. The Rangers definitely needed that after 2020, 2021, where the, the locker room culture was so toxic and it was honestly it was worse than like any bad news you've seen like the the new york mets put up i always mention the mets on here because the new york sports podcast and greg kaplan would be proud of me for sure (laughs) but um but that the vibes in that 2020 2021 locker room were so bad horrible absolutely horrible especially after the wilson incident and i'm not gonna say like oh the rangers only traded for reeves because they needed to fight tom wilson like no the Rangers need a Reeves to inject personality into this team. Now we have a squad. Now we have culture and personality on our on our guys. He did his job, and maybe it was an oversight to offer that extension uh, so quickly. Maybe he should have waited until the end of the season to see what he needed. Gauthier out, completely outplayed Reeves and is completely deserving to be in the lineup. If they were, if the Rangers were all meathead coaches, like the old boys club coaches, Gauthier would not be in the lineup. It would be Reeves in there every single night. But Reeves hasn't hadn't been in the lineup. So that tells me that they're willing to change. And that's a good thing. We want them to we want our our coaching staff, our, our front office management to be willing to adapt to today's game, which is focused on speed and less on physicality. And Gauthier brings speed, Reeves does not. He brings body checking and personality. And $1.75 million was not worth it. Yeah, it's tough. I, I Revo was a fan favorite. I, I don't think anybody will ever deny that. Um, but Reeves made sense to your point. Okay, the turnaround that Reeves did for the team from a um, 
from a personal standpoint, right? From the from the locker room standpoint, I think was tremendous. Okay, I, I remember when we signed him. Okay, and they were going over uh, like what it was during practice, and Reeves is uh, showing. I think it was Lafreniere had a fight. Okay, it yeah. just those funny things. Okay, and you're you're like, oh, this is gonna be amazing. And, and he was wildly personable, um, and, and I think that the Rangers needed it. Um, and I I would have loved for Reeves to stay on the team. Um, but it just didn't make sense anymore. Um, we're at a point now to where we, we need our bottom six to have, uh, to have that speed. Okay. To have that drive, to be able to, to, to lay the body a bit, which Reeves does make no mistake about it. Okay. But his, his, uh, his defensive lapses that came with it, uh, y- you can't look over them. And I think the most important part, um, is the, the calf space, right? Where we're, we were carrying, I believe it was 23 we were carrying, right? So we're getting to a point with this where we need – it's wildly apparent that, we, that we're going to need um, something, that extra push for the trade deadline. And carrying that much uh, – carrying that many players um, was going to be detrimental. And I, I think that uh, Vince McCogliano, a uh, big fan of Vince. Hi, Vince, yep. if you're listening. Yeah. Shout uh, out to Vince. I think that he had it to where we're going to be with, with uh, Reeves off the team. Now we're going to be sitting somewhere around uh, six million with the cap accrual at the trade deadline. Some somewhere along the lines of that, and I think that that's going to be uh, instrumental for our push. I think it's going to be huge. Uh, whether whether it's a guy that's a rental or whether it's somebody that uh, that stays on the team. We'll, we'll find that out, okay, during the trade deadline. But I, I think that it's it's necessary because you, you don't know what's going to happen. Injuries do occur, okay? And if, if we have a defenseman that gets injured uh, that doesn't go on like LTIR or something along the lines of that, we are going to be in serious trouble. We saw it when Lindgren came out. Yep. And I <laughs> this these are some good points here. I mean th- – Good start to the show here. Shout out to Vercogliano for the, the cap accrual uh, help. And, you know, the talk has always been about should the Rangers go after like Patrick Kane with this cap space? You know what I mean? Like you'd have to get a third team involved. But now if you're saying $6 million is going to be available in cap space, there's a number of options that they could go with. There's a lot they could do. They could go after like two, maybe three, like bottom six pieces. But again, I don't know. I don't know if, um, Who's out there? I don't know the best pieces. I know Dominic Kubalik is would be a good fit, would be a good a good player to have in the bottom six. The guy used he scored thirty goals before. Having a guy like that, proven goal scores in your bottom six. Yeah, it's nice to have defense, but Ryan Reeves did not generate any offense at all. Like, <laughs> no. You talked about his you talked about his defensive lapses. He was just near non-existent in the offensive right. zone compared to like last year, the beginning of last year. That fourth line did pretty well. I remember they got a lot of chances, a lot of scoring opportunities, a lot of offensive zone time, and I thought it was going to hold up well. It did not, unfortunately. But right now, the Rangers' uh, fourth line has done pretty well, and I think that's mostly due in large part to um, Julian Gauthier getting, being in on the forecheck, wrecking havoc, always drawing penalties. A guy like Sammy Blay, I feel like is outclassed. Like the, I think there's guys that are going to be available that are better than him that could provide the same physicality, more speed and have goal scoring like Kubelik. I would swap Kubelik for, for play. I think that's something you could look at with the Rangers could $1.75 million in cap space. So the, the accrual process could start now, now that there's 22, 23. So then there's, there's also the, the idea of, of Kravsov too, because he hasn't been in the lineup. And I think the, the, the guys have been playing well enough. I don't think I did. I, I say, I say all, all the, I talk, I talk up, uh, I hyped up Gallant for not being like a typical meathead coach, but he's not going to take Sammy Blay out of the lineup. No, no, I, I don't think so. Uh, I, I, I'd agree with you on that. It, it's tough. Okay. Because again, we go back to what we're trying to win right now. And there's some continuity that's building right with, with, with the team to some extent. I mean, we're talking about five points in eight games. Um, I mean, not eight games, five points out of eight, rather. Five points and, out of eight, yes. Yeah. So um, 
So we're trying to build that continuity, and it, you're not going to pull Gauthier out right now. And it's it's tough because you – with Kravtsov, I, I think that he deserves every single opportunity. And th- I know that the fan base is split on this, okay, mm-hmm. whether or not whether or not he deserves it, okay. But regardless, it, it needs to be done. You have to get Kravtsov in there because if you're not – even if we don't have a happy marriage with Kravtsov – we're going to have to boost up his cell, okay, yeah, to, to yeah. offload that. Regardless, you need to do that. He he needs to get that ice time. He needs to show what he can do. If it works out and we and it, it drives perfectly, even better for us. But we need to be able to show his capabilities so we could sell him, okay, at the trade deadline if need be. Yeah, you have to build up the trade value. Like, I mean, right now he could probably get a, a pretty good return, but – Let's say you put him in the lineup and he does well, and uh, you know, but there's still no room for him. Like they still don't feel like he's good enough to, to crack the lineup for whatever reason. Then it's best to, to to trade him. I think you could use him in a package. I would not trade Capo Caco or Alexi Lafreniere for for Patrick Kane. I would no. trade Vitaly Kravtsov though for Patrick Kane. I would include him in, in a deal for him. I wouldn't even look twice, okay? If yeah. that, <laughs> I mean, we could we could discuss trade packages. I I, I think that it would. I, I think that it starts with a. Um, realistically, for for uh, Patrick Kane, I think it would be a first round uh, Kravtsov and then a uh, a B level prospect. Um, maybe maybe a uh, a Berard, not Bedard, but Berard uh, yeah. type prospect. Yeah, yeah. So. I think that that's I, I think that that's something that could be looked at down the road, and I I, I don't I don't have an issue with offloading Kravtsov because we haven't seen what Kravtsov does. Now I'm happy to eat my words on that. I want to eat yeah. my words on yeah. that. I want to be wrong, but I think I just don't see the longevity with the Rangers with Kravtsov. Um, it's tough. It really is. You hate to see it because you want everybody wants their uh, their young players to thrive, and I just don't think mm-hmm. um, I just don't think that it's coming to fruition. And I, I I think that sooner or later it's going to have to happen. Look at this point in his career, the Rangers are still giving Libor Hayek every opportunity to to get in there and and prove his value. Like it's ridiculous. It's crazy, and he's done pretty well so far this year, Libor Hayek. Like I haven't been pissed off with this game as much as I've had in the past two years. Uh, yep. He's looked really good. But at the same time, I also want Zach Jones in the lineup every night. Like, I really yeah. do. But I can't get mad at Hayek for, for the way he's playing. So the Rangers are going to go with the better man, the person that's, that's, that looks better. They're going to go with the hot hand. Like, uh, honestly, I think Jones is going to get taken out of the lineup uh, for the next game against – who are we playing? I forget who we're playing. I, think we're- I believe it's uh, Edmonton. I Edmonton. could be wrong. I think we yeah, Edmonton. Edmonton no, Edmonton. No, you're right. You're right. We're playing Edmonton tomorrow at 1. Um, I think Jones is coming out of the lineup for Hayek in, in that one, just based off you know the loss. And, and Gallant doesn't like to change things after after wins. He doesn't. He likes to, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's his motto. That's that's what he does. And uh, even if it's like the fourth line is, is not good and Carpenter needs to come out, Kravtsov could go in. Like, he won't do that. No. After a win, after a loss, though, he's willing to make changes for sure. That's yeah. So that, that's that's been his his uh, his message from from the first day he came to the Rangers, and that's that's what's gonna you know carry on. Uh, that's what I expect at least. But again, I want Jones in the lineup. I want Kravtsov in the lineup. But if they're they're being outplayed, then they're being outplayed. You know, they're gonna go with the guy that's the that's playing better. In their eyes, so like Goche was definitely playing better than Reeves, so he was going to be in the lineup. And Hayek was doing like a, a pretty good job on 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 defense. Like he was invisible out there, and that's what you want from your third pair defender. Uh, if he's invisible out there, it means he's doing his job, and he was doing it. He's doing a really good job, Hayek, and uh, hopefully he could he could turn it around and, and get back to where he was like when he first came up with the range, remember like when he, when he scored that goal against the devils, like that first 18, 19, that was like a less than 10 game stint. That was great. It's, it's tough with Hayek because I, I like last season, I, I would say um, it, it was great. If I, if I didn't notice him, that was the best case scenario. But it, I, again, we're having good issues here with, 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 with those choices. I, I, I do think that, Jones is a better player, but I think that 
not right now. Like right now, he is not okay. And I, I can't fault Gallant for what he's doing right now. He's playing the better player, and it, it, it's one of those things to where you get the fan favorites again. No one wants to see. This sounds terrible. I'm, I'm going to sound bad about this, but no one wants to see Hayek in the lineup. No one wants to see <laughs> him there. Okay, I don't want to see them there. I'm sure that you don't want to see him there. But if he's playing better than Jones, then what are you supposed to do? It's tough. Right. That's it. No, you're you're dead on right there. Actually, like that's that's the thing that it's that's why they're they are in their in the positions that they're in, and we're not. You know, yeah, like we're just fans. We're watching the games and we, we know we just want to see the young guys play like we want to see if we want if I want to see Kako with 25 minutes of ice time a game. Is that feasible? Absolutely not. But I want to see it. Right. Like, so I'll settle for 15 minutes ice time a game. Fine. For yeah. sure. Especially with how he's playing like the younger guys, they have to, I think they're waiting for them to prove that they're better. They I'm sure they know that they're better. They want them to prove it. Maybe that wasn't the case with between Braden Schneider and Niels Lundqvist. Because I did see a lot of people saying like, oh my gosh, look at Niels Lundqvist. Look what we could have had this year. With our prospect luck, do you really think that he, he would be as good this year well, as he is on the Stars? Like on the Rangers, do you think he would be that good? I don't think so. I think Well, it, I think it's also that he, he, wanted, he wanted to drive the power play. You really think that he's going to drive PP1? You think that he's going to oh, do that with Adam no, Fox there? No. You, like you have to you have to think about it, okay? Where what was he going to do? What like where was his role? And, and I think that Lundqvist was head and shoulders above Schneider. I, I I believe that. I know that might be a hot take, okay? But I I really do believe that. But based on the Rangers' fit, okay, and what they needed out of their defensemen, I think Schneider was a better fit. It it didn't make sense, and I I don't blame. Nils for for wanting out either you're not he wasn't going to get that that uh that power play time he wasn't going to be driving it like that and I I hope that he's successful um it burns a little bit every time that I see a, <laughs> a wild goal don't get me wrong okay but he it wasn't what the Rangers needed at that time yeah and also he wasn't going to get top four ice time over Jacob no Truba. no no if you think if you think if you're making the argument oh this this uh this organization is so gung ho on their older players like oh my gosh like they value Truba's opinion why do you think they named named him captain why do you think they 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 went out and acquired all the guys that he's used to play with in the last in the last uh trade deadline he's they a real value, GM yeah, yeah he's a real <laughs> GM yeah like they value his opinion they love his his play style they think it speaks volumes of the team they have in front of him so. Obviously, they're going to go with Jacob Trouba over Nils Lundqvist. I don't know why everybody's surprised or is is balking at that. You have to accept that. That's that's it. That's it. I, you may feel like, oh, Trouba sucks for that contract. Yeah, but it doesn't change the fact that the Rangers trust him. The Rangers believe in him. They handed him that contract. They gave him the C, and he's there. He's he's the captain. You know, like what he says goes. They value his opinion, like. Why do you think Nils Lundqvist is going to has any chance of the world of taking that ice time away from Jacob Truba? There's no chance that he was going to do it, even if he is better than him, just yeah. because that's the Rangers' belief in Truba. That's how it is. Um, and and ultimately, because he wasn't able to get top four ice time and PP one minutes, that's why Nils Lundqvist was traded. That's why he asked out, and he had every right to do so. I I think, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I, I wanted to touch on something that you said there with Truba uh, and, and his contract being bad. And I think that it's missed on a lot of people because – and I'm I'm one of them, right? Like I, I'll complain about Truba's contract, right? I'll complain about Kreider's contract. But if you look at the scenario in which Truba – when we, when we got him, okay, Adam Fox wasn't a Norris Trophy winner. I don't even think we had Adam Fox at that point. We may have just signed him. It was it was such a question mark. We're at the With, same time, yeah. We yeah. needed a proven offensive – we needed a proven defenseman, and he had just so happened to have 50 points. Yeah. I remember okay. the discourse. I remember that. That was before I started the podcast. I remember now the Rangers, they have all these prospects. They have the number two pick. Now they need an established defenseman. Jacob yeah. Trouba was available, and that was the guy. And you look back at the contract, and it, it, at the time, it made sense. And even with the Chris Kreider one, we we needed we needed Kreider because 
Lafreniere wasn't there yet. We didn't have Lafreniere yet. So you look at these contracts, and, and yes, it, hindsight is always twenty twenty. But if I were to look back at these things, they made sense. Did, are they are they panning out verbatim how we how we saw them or how we wanted them to pan out? Probably not. But you can't get mad at at the organization for doing at the, at the time what they thought was the best thing for the team. It, it's tough. No one knew COVID was coming. <laughs> no, no. No one knew the cap was going to stay at $81.5 million. That just completely screwed the entire process. If the Rangers right. had known that, I guarantee you Kreider would have gotten $4.5 million and Trubert would have gotten $6.5 million. Right. That's what, that, those would have been the contracts there. You're not going to give $8 million when you know for sure it, the cap is not going to rise. You're projecting. You're looking further down the line. Jeff Gert- Gorton was an incredibly smart GM. Of course he would be thinking like that. Why would he do why would he give give out like almost 10 million dollars in to to a guy when you know that it's not going to rise anytime in the near future. He definitely no one knew. Everybody knew figured that it was going to go to 84 and a half million dollars and it didn't. And we're stuck at 82 and a half million or whatever it is, 83 and a half million dollars now. So the Rangers are 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 uh, caught between a rock and a hard place or whatever and they have to deal with it. There's nothing you could do about it. This is what we got, and they're going to make it work. So just stop complaining about, you know, Trooper's contract being, oh, he's so bad. Oh, he's, he's a pylon in the defensive zone. Like, just listen. He's going to get it together, and he'll figure it out. He's the captain. I have faith in him. He was, he's been a good player throughout the majority of his career. He's going to figure it out. Give him some time. He'll figure it out. I think I thought he, had a, I thought he played very well on that West Coast road trip. What about you? I think so too, and the only qualm that I have with Truba as of right now, and it's not so much a—it's definitely a qualm with Truba, but it's—it's it's a qualm with hockey culture. We—I think it goes without saying that he's playing injured. Okay, uh, Joe talked about it during, yeah. Yeah. like, the Rangers leave little uh, little crumbs. Okay, for you to understand what's going on. They, oh, we think that he, we think that he's, uh, he's, he has a, a lingering inj- uh, injury or something along the lines of that. Why are we playing a guy that's injured right now? I would rather, I would rather keep him out of the lineup for now. Okay, get him healthy. A, he- a healthy Truba, okay, is much better than an unhealthy Truba, and, and we would be mitigating all of this flack right now. And I, I think that when we get into those scenarios, you could either go, you can go either way, but Truba. Truba's receiving a lot of flack for playing, like for for how he's playing. But he's also, I really do believe that he's he's playing injured, and the amount of maintenance days that he's taken, I I think that he's considering how like that he might be injured. I think he's playing pretty well. Yeah, and the the, the yeah, good point bringing up the maintenance days because yeah, before this West Coast road trip, that was an issue, a thought that was sort of going around in my head, like. It's early in the season. Why doesn't he take like a day, a game or two off? Uh, and you know, maybe he's maybe he's starting to feel a little bit better. But uh, I still think I still think I'll, I'll agree with you on that. Probably probably best to like to stay out of lineup for a game or two just to get yourself healthy. But also, I feel like Truba doesn't want to come out of the lineup. I feel like no, he's just saying, there's nah, no nah, way. nah, nah, nah. Let me play through it. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. I, that's how hockey players are. I feel like Truba is definitely doing that. Um, but yeah. let's go back to like talking about the, the trade deadline. Have you looked at, have you, do you know of any pending unrestricted free agents that are available? I was looking yesterday. I'm looking at teams that I know for sure, I, in my opinion, aren't going to make the playoffs. Like I don't think Seattle's going to make it. I told you before we started recording, like San Jose is probably not going to make it. Uh, Chicago is definitely not going to make it. Arizona is definitely not going to make it. So players from those teams, um, that are intriguing. I was looking at Kubalik, maybe from Seattle, like Carson Soucy as a defender, or Jonas Donskoy. His numbers, his analytics. I was looking on hockey reference, stat reference, uh, dot com, and uh, they they look pretty good for for Donskoy, I think. And Soucy was all right. Um, but uh, any 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 players that stick out to you? Yeah, I want to revisit. Um... Jacob Chikrin. Uh, Jacob Chikrin. Right, I really let's get do. Into this. Here you go. <laughs> I have to. I'm sorry. 
Tell All me right. why it doesn't make sense. Tell me how it doesn't make sense whatsoever to get a Jacob Chikrin in the lineup. And this is – people are not going to like me for this. Maybe you as well. Um, but we, we talk about Lundgren's style of play and how it's – how he's injured. Like, he gets injured a lot. I love him. He's a warrior. I don't think that he's an actual human. Um, <laughs> the, the, the things that he does and puts his body through is ridiculous. But it, you cannot – let it fall to the wayside that it's not sustainable. And I believe that his contract's up next year. Mm-hmm. You might want to, you might want to sell high on that. Okay. It, it, he's going to want a long-term contract there. It's inevitable. Okay. He's, he's playing phenomenal there. I, I'm not knocking any style. I'm not knocking anything about Lingren. I think he's a fantastic player, but if you're going to sign a player for longer than five years, that plays that style, it's going to bite you on the back end of that contract. And it, it, there's no way I, – I, I, I hope I'm wrong. Okay, if it does happen, I hope that I'm wrong. But you have, we've, we've seen this time and time again where we do this, and it's just not good. And I think that Chikrin fits the billet pretty well. Uh, I think that he, he's wildly defensively responsible. I, I, know, that, I know that his stats uh, have taken a dip. Um, as of late, but he's on the Coyotes. Um, so I think anybody <laughs> on the Coyotes, uh, their, their stats would dip a good bit. But uh, I, I do like Chikrin. I, I think that Chikrin, in my mind, um, especially considering the, the, the playoff push, um, it, it, would be a, it would be a home run for us. I, I think that we would be a defensive powerhouse, more so than we are right now. If the Rangers trade for for Jacob Chikrin, you might we might finally see Fox Miller as a pair. <laughs> yes, yes, finally. Yeah. yeah. Um. And 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 also before I I, I chime in on the Chikrin stuff, like I said, I thought Keandre Miller is gonna have a breakout year and being like an All Star and you know have all these points and stuff. We haven't seen that yet. Um. Unfortunately, <laughs> I want to see him break out. I hope he can. Last year, I think in regards to this discourse, I was saying that I would rather trade Keandre Miller. I may have said that. I don't, if I did, I'm going to like yank that back right now and say, like, no, 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 no. Let's not do that, please. Like, I love Lindgren as much as anybody. And, you know, the Rangers, it's again, it's like the Reeves thing. The Rangers do better with him in the lineup. I think you were saying this before we started recording, like, um, he, the Rangers do better with him in in the lineup. You want him in there, but if you look at history, I've brought I've also brought this up a number of times on this podcast. If you look at history, Rangers had Girardi and Mark Stahl, and they had chances to keep like guys like Anton Strawman or Keith Yandel, and they chose to stick with with Girardi and Stahl. Maybe Strawman is a stretch to include in that conversation, but Girardi or Stahl over over Keith Yandel, and Yandel was the offensive defenseman who stayed good for like four or five more years with Florida and Girardi and Stahl fell off rather quickly after like maybe two or three years. So um, at this point in Lindgren's career, he's 24. He's got two years left. So including this year, his contract's up at the end of next season with $3 million. Chikrin um, would be what is, I think it's like 4.75 million for Chikrin. Is that right? Yeah, I believe so. Yep. Okay, so I remembered it. Uh, I remembered it correctly. That's a a significant upgrade, like because he brings the offense in addition to the defense. So you may not see Chikrin bleeding every single night like Lindgren is. That's a one in a kind, one one in a one of a kind kind of player. Um, but I do think if the Rangers make Lindgren available in a potential package for Chikrin. Nobody else is going to be able to top that package, and Arizona will be, have to have to accept whatever the Rangers are offering because Lindgren is just a special player. Um, it's it, it's tough. Again, it's 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 that 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 mindset when we're in the moment where we're watching going game by game. We see what Lindgren's able to do on the ice. We see him block shots, take a beating, be so good defensively. We don't want to get rid of him. He's one of our favorites. He's a fan favorite. But then when you look at the grand scheme of things, do you think he's going to age well? He's 24 now. 
he's, he'll be 25, I'd say, 25 by the end of his next contract. So he's going to ask for a good, like, a five, six years. Um, are the Rangers willing to do that? Um, I think Chris Drury, because he showed that he's able to, to trade Reeves, he could trade Lindgren too. And if he does trade Lindgren, then he's clearly, clearly not a meathead old, old boys club general manager. And he's one with the, the newcomers, which is what we want. We want to have one of those GMs. Um, so, yeah, I'll agree with you. I think the Rangers should trade include Ryan Lindgren in a package for Jacob Chikrin as of right now. I, I will say this, though, and I'm, I'm going to take it a, a different avenue as well. Why trade Lindgren this year? Why not trade him next year? Right. Okay. He still has, he still will have a year left with us. Right. And all of a sudden, uh, so now we have Chikrin. We still have that. We have that six point, uh, the 6.1 of cap accrual. I see. We get it. We get it to where we get it to where something along lines of, even if it's Vitaly Kravtsov, okay. First round, similar to, we're talking about the, the Patty Kane trade, um, do something along the lines of that. And, And now we have a good problem to have because now we have Lindgren and Chikrin. Now the, the question is what would be better then it would be a either a defenseman or forward question at the trade deadline. Um, right. What would in my opinion for this year, I think the Rangers need a forward. I think the Rangers need a forward. I I would love to have Chikrin, but if it's one or the other, the Rangers have had struggle scoring, like uh, and Patrick Kane would bring that. And I don't know, I, I don't I, I know I said that there's guys, there's probably guys available that are better than like Sammy Blay, but if 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 it's like leaves a lot to be desired, like like Kubalik or not Kubalik, Don Skoy, if like Don Skoy is the best option out there. Again, I haven't done too much research into it. Maybe people could correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, if Don Skoy is like the best player available, I, I doubt that he's like one of the best players that's going to be available. That's one year left. Um, that's the bottom six forward. I would go after Patrick Kane, honestly. Like I've got, I've bounced back and forth on it. But if you get like, if you don't have to give up Kako or Lafreniere, and you could, you could afford Patrick Kane just for the the twenty games plus the playoffs, uh, I would do that. And then, uh, then go after Chikrin in the off season. Yeah, that's kind of combining both both conversations that we're having. You're saying wait till next year to trade Lindgren, and go after Chikrin right now. Um, and then, and like then, yeah, and then move on from from Lindgren, and then not worry about the forward at all. And then also, like now we're talking about getting the forward right now, and then taking that Lindgren trade that's for next year and having it be in the off season, but for Chikrin. Right, right. They could I think, do that. I, I think that either scenario, um, I, I think that everybody, it's apparent where our flaws are, and. and we uh, people may differ on on what the point of emphasis is. It might be it, it might be uh, defensive, or we need a goal scorer, someone that'll actually shoot the puck. Uh, besides Jacob Truba, um, I, I just think that we're we're now we're now in a good scenario. We're in a good situation. It's a good problem to have to have to decide uh, what we need, and that six point one is going to really uh, I, I think benefit us tremendously. And if Drury. If Drury performs the same way that he did last year's trade deadline, I know that he had a lot to work with, but he was he. I, I don't think that he missed once. No, uh, on any of those trades. Yeah, no, he was he was that was an absolute masterclass performance by by Chris Drury at the at the trade deadline last year. That was absolutely incredible. Like if he could if he could somehow some way bring back Tyler Mott again this year. I will, I will dance in the streets. Like, that would be awesome. If the Rangers could – that's the one guy that I know for a fact would be a great bottom six addition. You have Gauthier, the way Gauthier is playing this year, and, and then you put Tyler Mott on the other, on the other wing on the same line. Ooh, that's going to be some trouble on the forecheck for the other teams. Like, you better not have your fourth line out there if, you, if, you're, if, you're, uh, if you're playing against Gauthier and Mott. Like, those guys would be – those guys tough. could do some damage. Those, they could that's do some tough. damage. They could do some damage, but I think Mott is having a really good year for Ottawa. And if Ottawa is smart, they would keep they would keep uh, they would keep Mott. They would lock him up like right now. But they did have Anthony. I will say the the the, the Senators did have Anthony Duclair, 
a couple years ago and he had a really good year and they didn't re-sign him. They let him go to free agency and he signed with Florida. And I have no idea why they did that. He would be a great building block for that team. Um, but if they if they were able to if they like over did not see that Duclair was perfect for their team, then it's possible that they could miss out on Tyler Mott. <laughs> I'd love He's, to see Mott back. I I, uh, I loved yeah. Mott. I, I thought that uh, I I I really thought until the very end. Okay, and until. Uh, the senators picked him up. I thought that we had him. I thought that he was back. Uh, I was trying to make it work in my mind how to how to keep him. I think everybody was. He he was he was his contract was inexpensive and comparatively to his performance, the contract to performance ratio it was just oh dumb. Like it, it didn't it didn't make sense <laughs> not to keep him. It killed me when we got when we didn't keep him. It really did. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Honestly, and then again, like I said, it was an oversight to give Reeves that extension a year early. It was an yeah. oversight to do that. So, if if you want to talk about like bad moves Drury's made, obviously the Buchnevich trade was he fumbled it, yeah. And then the Reeves extension; those are like the two moves I'd say are like a big problem. Uh, those those raise alarms. Like the Rangers could not even have to worry about if they they didn't offer give Reeves that extension we could very well have Ma and Gauthier right now right now and not have to give up anything just except a little bit of cap space that's it um but you know if if Mott isn't available I think if you have Panarin and and Kane if that's available or the Rangers could even do something crazy where it's like they they get a three-team trade and it's like uh, how about this for an absurd scenario how about how about uh Chicago trades uh Kane and Taze at 50% retained each to Arizona, and the Rangers gave up both first-round picks and crabs off. I love it. How about that? Yeah, I don't don't have to bat an eye, okay? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Yes, yes. 100% yes. Yeah, absolutely. Please, please. Uh, Go ahead. I'm sorry. But but you have to – and then, like, what would be, like, the – what would be, like, in that that kind of scenario, what would be the one that Ranger fans would really not want to do? Like, I would say probably give up Kako or Lafreniere, right? Yeah, it would. It, it would. Yeah. It would be something <laughs> along the lines of that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it's again, it, it's tough. I, I think. Um, I, I think Drury. Going back to what you said, I think Drury has been a master. Has been a masterclass throughout. Even with the Buchnevich trade, I, I know that that was. I think that's his only black eye. Realistically, I, I really do believe that. And if you think about. I think everybody knows that Drury was going after Jack Eichel. So he had to move players around and he had to make that space for, mm-hmm. for Eichel. And, and I think that when you look at everything, it, it didn't pan out the way that he wanted it to. And I think that, uh, I think that he ca- got caught blindsided there. Um, but I don't think that he's, he's missed since I really, yeah. I really don't. That was, it, it was, it, it's kind of unfortunate that we weren't able to get Eichel because the package that they were asking, we weren't far off from, from it. It was like, what was it? We were at the one yard line. Yeah, exactly. And Dre wasn't willing to budge. And I, I think that it was the Pugulas realistically that didn't want to, that didn't want Eichel to have his way because Eichel wanted to come to the Rangers. I, I think, I think everybody knew that, that he wanted to come to the Rangers and, and that, that, uh, that rift between Eichel and, and, and ownership with the Sabers, I just don't. I I think that there was no way that he was getting he was getting his way. They they were going to do whatever they had to, okay, to make sure that he didn't get his way. Uh, but mm, yeah, it's it, it would it, the only issue I'd have is it be you'd have a lot of ten and a half million dollar players in the top six. You probably tough. wouldn't be able to get Trocheck. No, who has been really really good, a very good bright like a. Like one of the brightest spots the Rangers have had on the team this year is Vincent Trocheck. I, I gotta, I have to talk about him. Like, I love his game. I love his speed. He wins faceoffs. He may not have the best puck luck, uh, but you know he's a clearly to me clearly an upgrade over Strom. Some people will disagree with that. I think I think clear as day he is an upgrade over Strom. He does a lot of things that you're not gonna notice. But he skates so damn well, uh, better than Strom ever has in his career. Uh, Trocheck has it has skated so well, uh, so well for the Rangers, and he works well with Panarin already. Uh, 
you put anybody with Panarin, really, they're gonna work out. Yeah. Although, if you the people that that say like he sucks, uh, will will beg to differ. But uh, you know, Panarin's great. Trocheck has been doing really well, and no, I think the goals are gonna come for the Rangers. I really, do. I I'd agree with that, and I, I I don't know, I don't know what people are thinking when when they <laughs> say that Strom is better, okay, than, than Trocheck. I like Strom. I, I think Strom. I, 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 I wanted the best for Strom. I, I wanted it to work with Strom, but it is wildly apparent, head over shoulders, that that Trocek is not only a better fit, but a better player than Strom. I, I, I even even his puck luck is better. Like <laughs> Trocek, right. Trocek has has had terrible puck luck, and even then he still has better puck luck than Strom. The amount right. of open nets. Okay, it, it, we we could talk about this till the cows come home. The idea of of how many open nets were missed by Strom. It, it it shouldn't be a conversation. Trocheck is the better player. Yep. Yep. He's brought so much, so much more to the table. Physicality too. Like yep. you talk about like the older, the older crowd of, 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 of fans that want to see the body checks or whatever. He gets in there on the four check. He gets in there. Like that's, that's Panarin's puck retriever right there. That's we talk about like, Oh, who's going to retrieve the puck on the line for, for uh, a Panarin. That's Trocheck. That's Trocheck yeah. to a T. Like that's perfectly that's that's his game. He could do that. He could do that. And he could he's a shooter. He could shoot. He does everything. I didn't think he was gonna be like I thought he would be like a 40, 50 point guy with Panarin. He could be if he could be a 60 point guy if he starts putting the puck in the back of the net. Yeah. I, I'd absolutely agree with that. Um I also think uh when when we we all do this where where um, Rangers aren't firing on all cylinders, and all of a sudden we start talking about the amount of line changes um, that that we could do. The lot like um, I also I love the it. idea of of I've seen it so many times, but Hedl is on the cusp of being a two C. Um, oh my gosh, yeah, he looks really good. He I, I love Hedl personally, uh, so I'm wildly biased. I'm going to have terrible takes throughout all of this because Hedl is my second favorite player. On, on the Rangers. I just think that he looks so good. Um, I think he's so close to being even better. Um, so I, I would like, I, I would love to see a more balanced line to where mm-hmm. he'll even try it for a game. Just try it. I'm not saying do it. Okay. And keep it forever. If it works then fine. Okay. But have Hedl on two C uh, and, and uh, have Trocheck on three C where you have, a more balanced line. Put Kreider on there as well. Okay, on Kreider, that third line. Kreider, Trocek, and Goche. Oof, that's a rompum stomp That is disgusting. Rompum stomp him third line there. Oof, that's yeah. a, that's nitty gritty third line. Like this, if if Kreider plays the way that he's good at, like just straight lines up and down the ice, the way Larry Brooks always talks about, like that's. That's an effective third line, man. That's what I want to see. Like, and yeah. you also brought up like how Hedo is like right there in terms of being like right there, close to breaking out. It's Kako number one, who is like literally an inch or two away on all of his chances uh, from breaking out, and then right there is Hedo, and then a little bit further down the list is Lafreniere. He looked a lot better when he was playing with Panarin and and Trocek, but he's um, has been a little less noticeable in my opinion. Kako and Hedl have been absolutely fantastic. They should keep doing, they just got to keep doing what they're doing. And, you know, eventually the puck's got to start going in. Like they're doing great. And uh, the only changes I would say, put the puck in the net. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Right. <laughs> That's it. I, I think uh, Kako on the puck as of late, it, 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 it looks like a different player than what I've, what we've seen so far with Kako. It is crazy how aggressive he is on the puck he has the thing on a string it is crazy how how dominant he is okay in in the team zone it is it is he's he's a bit selfish too like he holds on the puck onto the puck for a long time like a which lot i of guys, love now good oh, i finally, love that finally finally a player that's gonna be selfish. <laughs> they don't have anybody that's like that they have all all selfless players like which is nice and all but Someone somebody, has to be selfish. Someone has yeah, to watch. I want somebody to hog the puck, and that's what Kako did best in in the uh, the World Junior Championships, right? What was it the 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 World Championships, right? Before he got drafted, yeah. that was like the best performance we had ever seen out of a player in in that tournament. And we're starting to see him control the puck the way he did. Maybe not put up the points like he did there, 
but hopefully it's coming soon. He's holding on to the puck so long. He's drawing so many penalties. Maybe not as much as Gauthier, but Kako is hogging the puck. Like, that's that's what I want, man. Like, holding on to it just an extra second to wait for the net to open up to the goalie to get out of position. He's not – a goalie can't make the save like that every single time. Come on, man. Not like, a shot. That's a once-in-a-lifetime save there for, for Cal Peterson. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think that uh, I think that this could actually be said about the entire team, but uh, we'll say it for Kako right now. Just stay the course and the points will come. I, I think you could say that with the, the team as a whole as well. Stay the course, the points will come. Yeah. I really do believe that. I'm going to stick to my guns and say it is still too early and that the Rangers are going to figure it out. You guys could, you guys could uh, believe what you want and say that the Rangers are not a championship-caliber team. I believe that they are, and they are playing like that. They're just not getting the results. Uh, and you, you, like we said earlier in the episode, you know, good teams find ways to win, bad teams find ways to lose. I don't think the Rangers are really, like, shooting themselves in the foot, per se. Maybe with the Halak goal, that's a, a puck that needs to get stopped. But recently... I won't include the Seattle game because, I mean, the effort wasn't good enough. But since the second period against L.A., that was good. Yeah. It's been great. I, I definitely agree with that. Um, it's been great. I, I, I think that this, this, uh, this team is, to your point, I, I think that they are that, okay? I, I think that it is far too early. And don't get me wrong. You'll, you'll see garbage takes on, on my Twitter all the time, okay, about how pissed off I am that, that we lost. No one likes losing. I'm right. I don't think any Ranger fan is going to go. No, I love it. It's great. I love everything. losing. It is my favorite thing. Everything is better when you're winning. But continue. Yeah. Yes. No, absolutely. Okay. So like, it is so early in the season. Check in on me in January. That's when I'll start to formulate. If if we're in the same situation to where like we're we're a cut we're on the cusp of the playoffs. Okay. That's when I'll start to get concerned. That's when I'll start to get concerned. I, I'm not nervous yet. Mm-hmm. The Rangers for so long have been that team where it's like they constantly get bombarded in their own end. And, you know, the one time it's not really happening this year, everybody wants a team to shoot. Everybody cheers when they go to games. Shoot the puck. Shoot the puck. Well, the Rangers are doing that this year. Yeah. They're averaging 35 to 40 shots a game. Like, if you pay attention every single night, 30-plus shots. When's the last time we've seen that? I have never seen that as a fan. I, I love it. I absolutely love it. Uh, so Rangers just got to keep shooting the puck. Eventually, it's going to go in. The goalies will stop standing on their heads. The posts will stop being in the way. And it's going to happen. They're going to get goals, and they're going to win games. And we're going to be in the playoffs by the end of the year, for sure. Oh, without a doubt. I, yeah. I, I, I'll... I'll... I don't care. I don't care if this is. I don't care if this is a bad take. Okay, I, there's no doubt in my mind that the Rangers are making the playoffs. Mm -hmm. You could somebody could pull this. Okay, whenever they want, I'll fall on that sort of if need be. Okay, but there's no doubt in my mind that the Rangers are making the playoffs. I'm gonna knock on wood just in case, though. Yeah, everybody's <laughs> just gotta stay healthy, and that's my knock on wood moment for for today too. Uh, you know, if everybody stays healthy, we'll stay under 23 men. We'll accrue the cap space that we need. It really is six million dollars. That's a lot of money. That's a lot. That's uh, damn. Yeah, that that'd be that'd be fantastic if they could do that. Uh, yeah. and then maybe swing Patty Kane and Jonathan Tays for uh for fifty percent at fifty percent retain. Both of them. <laughs> Three that'd be trade. dumb. Be dumb. <laughs> oh, that'd God. be hilarious. There's no way that would happen. That's uh that's uh the people that play the uh the EA sports games that uh, they'll love that one. Like that's uh. That's a wild one there. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah. One of the one of those players though would be a good fit for for the Rangers. Like Taze would be a good fit for the Rangers in the bottom six. Like you know you, like let's say you put, you you get rid of Kravtsov and you put Taze as your third line center or Trotrick as your third line center. Then you would move Hedl up to the right wing or something like that. That'd be cool. That'd be great. Yeah, they have uh, options. The Rangers have options, and we'll we'll see what happens. It is still too early though. Yeah, I, I think it's too early to freak out. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think we all freak out. No one likes losing, but I, I'm not. I'll freak out at, at, during the moment, but like when, like right after a loss. But you're not going to see me telling, uh, calling for a rebuild here. It's, it's way too early to be <laughs> calling stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
no, I think I think I think you're right about that. I, I'll I'll certainly get mad at, at plays like where it's like, all right, yeah, you should have got the puck out there. Like that goal shouldn't have gone in. This goal shouldn't have happened. You should have scored there. But I'll I'll be able to pan the camera out and look at it from from a a wider perspective. The Mets have taught me that. They've taught me <laughs> to do that pretty well. Great uh, yeah. captain will attest to that for sure. Uh, yeah. But Maddie, thanks so much for for uh, joining me this week. Really appreciate having you on, man. Oh no! Thank you for having me on. It's been a blast. It really has. I, I I've enjoyed this. It's 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 great to speak to somebody that that gets that gets the frustration, but also understands that you that level heads prevail. So uh-huh. thank you. No problem. All right, we'll have you on. We'll have to have you on at some point later during the season, maybe after the trade deadline or something. Oh, absolutely. That'd be great. Hey, Rangers fans! Thank you so much for listening to the Ice Cold Takes podcast this week. Make sure you follow at Ice Cold Takes Pod on Twitter to stay up to date with the latest Rangers info. See you all next week. Time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here.